Hey there, and welcome to a special episode of Tech Swamp The Deep End. Uh, in this episode, we're being joined by data privacy expert Paula Bruning for a what's what when it comes to the new EU-US data privacy framework. But before we get to that, let's say hi to your regular host and podcast team. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. Hello. Uh, and Caitlin, what's up? Just membership chilling. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, and of course, I am Alex. Um, so just like all our Deep End episodes, we're not waiting through tech history and, and news headlines. We're going to jump right into the depths of the swamp. So as I just mentioned, we're being joined by data privacy expert Paula Bruning. Paula is uh, a founder and principal at Casentino Strategies, where she helps small and medium-sized companies comply with data privacy rules and regulations like GDPR and CCPA. She is also a privacy fellow with the Innovators Network Foundation. Hey, Paula, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be with you. It's so great to have you back on the podcast to talk to our listeners about data privacy once again. Mm -hmm. I know that last time back in February of 2020, you joined us to talk about the privacy patchwork uh, legislation that's happening across the US, but this time we're going global. So before we get into EU US data privacy framework and what that means for small to medium sized businesses, can you just give us a quick rundown of what the framework actually sets out to do? Well, the, the framework sets out to create a streamlined way for US companies to move data from the EU into the United States. Um, there has been, the framework is Probably it's the third iteration of a system to to accomplish this. Uh, the the general data protection regulation, which is the law in the European Union that governs data protection, requires that um, any any country that you um, move data from Europe to has got to have a similar level of protection for uh, European citizens who are the subject of that data. So what this does is even though the United States has a very different system for um, data protection than the one we see in Europe, it makes it possible to move that data. There um, have been, as I said, this is the third iteration. This uh, system has been set up since around the year 2000 and it's been challenged. And there was a challenge um, back in 2020 um, that led to its invalidation. So what this does though is it um, creates uh, a, a system for doing this again. A lot of companies had stepped back because of the uncertainty that um, the invalidation had caused uh, about how to move that data legally. And now that we've got this new framework, it allows companies to step back into new opportunities uh, to move data and to use that data um, to innovate and to grow their businesses. Absolutely. And um, I think like as of July 10th, um, there's kind of like a like a DPF certification process. That's like a self-certification process. Is that right? That's right. Um, the Department of Commerce has um, set up a system whereby companies uh, do some internal housekeeping to make sure that they're in compliance with uh, seven principles uh, that are the foundation of the framework. There are some additional considerations and principles for companies that are dealing with things like uh, particularly sensitive data, travel-related data, but there are seven key principles that um, 
that uh, companies need to sign up to. And so uh, they, a company would need to uh, do the internal housekeeping, make sure that they are complying with those principles, uh, and then fill out the appropriate paperwork and certify that they are uh, doing the work and that they meet the requirements. Uh, and then they can post um, on their website the fact that they are certified to, privacy, uh, to the privacy framework. Um, and that self-certification uh, that Paula just mentioned, we actually have a guide um, on our uh, website, and we'll also post that um, in the show notes. Um, but we have this blog and infographic that kind of details how companies can self-certify under that new framework. Um, but before we move along, Paula, I would uh, I wonder if you can touch on one thing. Um, there is a criteria to assess adequacy, um, and I think it's important to clear up that adequacy in this context doesn't really mean the data protection mechanisms and systems um, in the U.S. are identical to the ones uh, in, in the EU. Right. That's a really um, important point. Um, there's the, the United States has a very different system for data protection than the one that we see in Europe. In the United States, uh, we have the Federal Trade Commission that is sort of the enforcement authority and, and it, um, enforces privacy requirements across the market. We also have sort of a patchwork of um, laws across different jurisdictions in different states. Uh, Europe has this um, approach that is a regulation that uh, functions across uh, the entire European Union. Um, and these systems are very different. The, um, that doesn't, it's, so this data is being moved not on the basis that the United States has now got a system that is identical to Europe's, but, it, but it's one that provides a level of protection that is um, essentially equivalent to what we see in Europe. Uh, so it's not as though we're going to have to sort of conform to a completely different way of doing data protection, but the framework says w we can bridge that difference using the framework so that we're providing the same essential protections for European citizens. Absolutely, and, and thank you for that insight. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get into why we're really here, to talk about what this means for smaller enterprises like our members. Given that small businesses often have limited resources compared to larger corporations, what specific challenges do they face in achieving compliance with the EU-US data privacy framework? Well, I think it's important to realize that you know, this is not a check-the-box sort of exercise where you, know, you just sort of sign up and you um, say that in good faith you know, you're doing all the right things. You actually have to do the homework. You've got to do the internal housekeeping to understand you know, what kind of data are you collecting? You know, what, what kinds of protections do you have in place? Are you securing it? What are your relationships when you with organizations when you transfer it to a third party? Uh, the Department of Commerce website really sets all of those requirements out, and you really have to be sure that you are doing um, things the way you're required to under the framework. But I would say that, you know, this is a lot more streamlined than actually trying to go through full GDPR compliance. And it is a, it is a way to bridge the two approaches, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and I, I would also say that you know, this, uh, doing this puts you in compliance, and that is one piece of the benefits that you receive um, by participating in the framework. But I think what's also important to recognize, particularly for smaller businesses, is that this, uh, complying positions you for opportunities with um, clients, with business partners 
that you might not otherwise be able to have. What I'm seeing in my practice is increasingly um, potential business partners want assurances and they want those assurances in contract that a potential vendor um, is actually compliant with either the GDPR or the privacy framework. So having done that work in advance puts you at the front of the line and makes you a much more attractive um, potential business partner. Absolutely. I think that's such a critical aspect of this, too, is that like by going through the process of self-certifying and, and, and really understanding this process, you're setting yourself up for long-term success, especially as we know, um, in, a, in a sort of app economy that is inherently global. Um, so I think that's such a critical point in all of this. Um, I wanted to just take a moment, if there's anything else you'd like to leave listeners with before we go, maybe like any anything else you'd, you'd like to leave listeners with and, and thinking about as they start to think about this process. Well, I think the, the point that I would make is that we hear, um, we're already hearing that there's this framework may again be challenged in the European courts. Um, and so I think some companies might say, well, is it even worth doing? And I would say that it is. And the reason that it is, is if you look at these essential principles that the framework is based on, these principles are form the foundation of laws and regulations and best practices across jurisdictions um, around the world, across the United States. And so if you're doing the homework to make yourself compliant with the principles of the Privacy Shield, you've done a lot of the heavy lifting that you're going to need to do to comply with any, any privacy law um, anywhere around the world. And it's also, I think, just good business practice to understand your data, to be able to protect it, to be able to make certain assertions about how you um, secure it when you're either uh, talking to potential vendors or you're making representations to um, to customers so this is all fundamental privacy work so doing the work on the framework you know it, as I said it puts you in compliance but I think it also just it's it's just good business practice to do and it positions you for compliance not just with um, European law but with laws um, across the United States and around the world it's it's a worthwhile effort Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Paula, thank you so much for joining us once again on TechSwamp. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, that is it for our special episode of TechSwamp The Deep End. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include the links to all the good stuff. And we have transcripts available. You can find them in our show notes as well as on podscribe.com. Just search TechSwamp. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we'd love a rate and review. Five stars, please. <laughs> and that is all for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the special episode of Tech Swamp. Everyone, say bye. 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 <laughs>